And it's Wednesday, so that means it's Stuart and Barry Day. Welcome to today's guests, our Wednesday regulars, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, Stuart Aldcroft. Good morning, Stuart. And good morning to you, Stephen. And Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Now, Barry, being a member of your fan club, I was reading an article you wrote about BRICS, where you were very <laughs> upbeat about last week's meeting in Johannesburg. What do you see as BRICS' biggest achievement to date, and what could its next one be? Well, you're right. Um, I did write about BRICS. I feel strongly about it. Hmm. I should add, Stephen, I'm a lonely voice. <laughs> Even Stuart yeah. Allcroft disagrees with me. That's why your paper stood out compared to the other ones I was reading. So delighted yeah. to talk to you about it today, Barry. I'm optimistic because I think this is a sensible way for developing countries led by China and India to try to get some additional firepower that votes within the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Currently, those two countries have less than 10%. And the industrial West, including Japan, have more than 50%. So it's um, why do I think that they could succeed where so many others have failed? I think because they've already got some record of cooperation. They have built a bank. It's a small bank and development bank. But now they're going to get with these six new members, they're going to get some money from Saudi Arabia and from the United Arab Emirates. And they've also got a currency reserve agreement where they'll try to help each other if somebody's in financial distress. Those are the principal reasons, Stephen. But yeah. I also think that they have added some heft by bringing in heavily populated Egypt, and Ethiopia, just to the south of Egypt. As to Iran and Russia, Stewart, of course, has reminded everybody that um, this makes them sort of a polecat organization. Yeah. That's true. But they have held together for 15 years, even though the whole BRICS acronym was never anything to do with, you know, financial cooperation. It was everything about attracting investment into those stock markets in those four countries, then they added South Africa. So in a nutshell, that's why I'm optimistic, because I think they're taking a very slow, go-slow approach that could eventually bring success. Stuart? Well, uh, as, as Barry knows, I'm, I'm not anywhere near as um, in favour of this, but it does, on the other hand, I'm you know I'm not the arbiter. I'm just commenting that I'd, I'm not sure why this would happen. Um, BRICS is a, is a grouping that's been dominated by China and India recently, but has Russia as a member. Um, and as Barry uh, says, it was uh, the original acronym BRIC was coined by Jim O'Neill of Goldman Sachs. That's right. Uh, as to be uh, an investment group. Uh, uh, not necessarily uh, uh, either a political or, or indeed an economic group. 
he, he just saw these four countries originally and then added South Africa the year after um, as, as countries that would make in, uh, an attractive investment for his clients. He wasn't wrong. Um, but parts of them are not as good as other parts, and, and, and clearly that has happened. The fact, that, the fact that the leaders of China and India, Russia and Brazil and, and South Africa, have sort of come together um, to form this economic and somewhat political grouping um, is in itself quite a, a strange situation. Now they're wanting to enlarge it by adding six more. Um, yes, there will be money coming from Saudi Arabia and UAE, but there will also be problems coming in from Iran and from Ethiopia. Um, Argentina is, is, is a bit of a basket case economically anyway and probably needs the help of, of a grouping such as this and, and clearly was brought in on, on the behest of Brazil. Um, and, and then when you look at uh, how this is, is, is likely to work out, um, I, it, it is very uncertain in my mind that uh, it would actually achieve a great deal. So, Stuart, do you... Fair do enough. They, Let me, may, them, may I add uh, yeah, something please, please to, go ahead. to yeah. that, Stephen? You know, countries like certain individuals, they like to be part of clubs. This is a club. Yes. They mm. meet once a year at, at leadership, uh, heads of state or government level. And you've got something like 35 countries knocking at the door saying, I'd like to be in this club. That's right. Now, there's lots of clubs in the international global world. I mean, there's the group of seven. There's no way that the BRICS would replace that or even rival it. Then you've got the group of 20, which includes almost all the existing BRICS. And that's a kind of steering committee of the world economy. But you've never had developing countries come together in, a, in an effective manner to try to wrest some power from the rich countries. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Yeah. China I and India agree on nothing except they'd like more say in the international organizations. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you at all in that respect, Barry. I think that's, that's an exactly right um, categorization for them. And I, I guess, you know, it must have a lot of potential to be doing something right for a queue of 35 other countries wanting to join. Mm. Now, Stuart, do they call themselves BRICS? Or is that just, you know, I know it's the acronym that well, was acronym coined by was someone gone. else. What do they call themselves? Well, uh, if the acronym BRICS remains, then, you know, that shows the dominance of, and the leadership. But given the, the first letters of the other countries, uh, I've, I've tried to work out an acronym and can't. <laughs> I have. Now, I have, Stuart. Do you want to hear it? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So let me tell you what I had to do, because if you just take the first letter of the 11 members, it doesn't really come up with anything interesting. But if you think South Africa is actually two words, so you add an extra A and UAE, you can add an A and an E, you then can create the word bureaucracies, which I think speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. One thing sure, Stephen, they won't choose that. <laughs> no, no, I doubt they'd go for that one. Yeah. Could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I have to put my hand up and say I used a bit of help with ChatGBT to come up with that one. <laughs> anyway, just so you don't feel left out, Stuart, because I am a member of your fan club too, I heard you yesterday say you don't 
feel the Chinese government had anyone with the inventiveness to get the economy out of its current place? I was thinking about what you said, like I always do, Stuart, and I was thinking, if that's the case, can they not find anyone externally, consultants, pay if necessary, to get the inventiveness they need? That's not the way China does things. Um, yeah, what I, what I was saying is that um, the, the current set of circumstances that is being faced in China, with um, the property market collapsing, um, with massive debts, $150 billion of debts, and little or no ability to repay, deflation just around the corner, interest rates coming down when the rest of the world are quite high. Um, these are circumstances that the central bank, the People's Bank, of China has not previously seen and as a result they have not got the relevant experience either in history or with the people that currently run it and I think this this is going to lead to some difficulties and and probably will will mean that any action they take will be much slower than might be uh, advisable or desirable Um, Yes, of course, China is still a massive economy. It's still got vast uh, foreign exchange reserves. But these are the things that are probably going to start to get run down as we go forward. And how does the bank go forward? Does it support the property companies and their massive debt? Or does it support the bankers that have lent that money to the property companies and, and, and... you know, one or the other is, is, is going to come out of this not looking very good. Uh, What's so your I, guess, Stuart? Which one will they support? Well, I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a very much a lobby uh, exercise. And my guess is that the banks will win in some form or another because they are far stronger than, than the property companies. Uh, it just depends on what it is that the central bank, People's Bank of China, actually does. So here's a question for you, Stuart. If you could parachute anyone from around the world to help them get out of this situation, who would you choose? Well, I wouldn't, um, quite simply, because at the end of the day, China will do what it wants to do. It only listens to itself. And um, I think that that's, would, that would always be a difficulty in getting someone from, from external sources. Yes, there's no shortage of advice and guidance. Listen to me right now. But, um, <laughs> I'm sure they are, Stuart. I'm sure they've got <laughs> well, their wirelesses tuned in. Uh, but but uh, you know, there's no shortage of advice and guidance, but it's, it, it's doing what they think works and, uh, and gets the support right up to the very top. Um, and that, that is uh, habitually in China can only be done by people in the mainland with, with the approval of the mainland. OK, let's move on to Japan. Now, Japan warns China of WTO, World Trade Organization, action as the Fukushima spat worsens. Uh, now, I guess yesterday felt the Japanese government is handling this very badly. And a guest from last week pointed out that the radiation levels in wastewater is considerably less than others being pumped out into the sea around the world. Do you think it could have been handled better, Barry? I don't know. I would uh, be the first to say I'm surprised that the WTO, the World Trade Organization in Geneva, has some provision about buying seafood products from contaminated water. But I think what you just said, Stephen, 
about this wastewater being less polluted than a lot of other places means that probably the Japanese have done a lot of homework and were very cautious as they typically are before releasing this water. Mm. And at the end of the day, they're releasing it kind of on their backyard, so they're going to be as impacted as anyone else if yeah, it's yes, radioactive. Yes, there was this report in, in one of the newspapers um, uh, last week uh, that showed that the radiation levels in the water is less than half that of other other parts, including yeah. in China, um, of where wastewater is being pumped into the, into the ocean. So uh, probably what the, the, half the problem is Japanese haven't handled this terribly well from a, from a media and public relations perspective. But secondly, they need to keep getting across the message and, and they, keep, they, they need yeah. to keep showing measurements of what's happening in the wastewater. Yeah, maybe they need to publish a dashboard where it shows their measurement compared exactly. to other countries and places in the world exactly. um, to bring that to the attention because um, as always the media are latching onto it and creating a big thing from it and um, ignoring on what's going on in the rest of the world anyway uh, let's go on I think we've got about 20 seconds for each of you on the last question so um, Jackson Hole sorry not Jackson Hole onto a meeting that's happening right now how do you feel Raimondo's visit to China is going and why does it seem US representatives always seem to be going to China and not the other way round Stuart well the, first of all the reason US people are going to China is because they want to go um, and at the moment some mainland Chinese people are still not allowed to go to the US oh, okay. so that has uh, that has put some restriction on it secondly though this ongoing and uh, almost weekly now meeting between the government uh, ministers or, or functionaries um, is really excellent and I think this is this is going to continue to improve the relationship between the US and China until such time as President Xi meets with President Biden and um, I, I hope they will meet again fairly soon. Barry might have a... a Barry has view 10 seconds. That. 10 seconds. Well, I agree with Stuart. Look, this is very <laughs> positive. These are two major trading nations. They have to get along and this stream of visitors from the US is exceedingly positive. Okay, on that note, positive note, let's end. So thank you, Stuart and Barry. Thank and you. Stuart, I believe you're going on holiday. I am going to be away. Have a fabulous time and Thanks we'll be missing much. you and looking forward to you coming back. Yep. Still to come.